we're doing this series called The Next 20, and today um, I want to introduce you to this idea about, um, I'll just call it the rummage sale, the rummage sale, all right? Um, who here is really good at garage sales? That's like your thing. You get stoked. Oh, are you really? Oh, my gosh. You're good at it? You're like, oh, wow. Now, I got to be honest with you. I hate garage sales. Anybody, who is with me? I, listen, I hate giving them, and I hate going to them. I'm not, a, and some of you, like, either one. I don't go there. Like, you, you can, you're, you're selling, like, your family treasure, and it's, like, 14 cents, and they go, could we make it 12? Could we make it 12? <laughs> Does anybody know? There's a culture you have to be good with. For the rummage sale. All right. So, um, Matthew 13, there's just this little, just like the tiniest little parable, um, but it'll go past you really quick because it's not a big, long story like a lot of the parables. This one's a quick one, and I think most of us miss it. I've never heard a sermon given on it in my entire life, and I've been to a lot of church in my day. Um, So, Matthew 13, verse 52, Jesus says, Therefore, every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven, let's pause, pause, rewind, I guess. You can't give away the punchline now. All right. Um, You didn't read it anyway. You didn't get it. Okay, good. All right. All right, so go back to the first one. You don't want to see me. Okay. Every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven. So our whole thing is about what we call the kingdom of heaven. Not us leaving here to get to heaven, which is popular everywhere, but bringing heaven where? Here. And Jesus told us. We, we missed this. We, some of you grew up Catholic. You said this so many times. Right? Right? Your will be done on as it is in heaven. That was the game plan. That was the prayer. Not get us out of here if I die before I wake. Dear God, evacuate me. Okay? So a a disciple, someone who's been learned, I'll call it a student, maybe is a good word, a student of this kingdom who's a really good teacher for you. Next verse, next half of the verse. Next half is like an owner of a house. A parable, ready? There's the like, there's the parallel. Owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom treasures new as well as what? Old. Owner of a, all right, first of all, who's got a junk room? Well, let me back. Who's got a junk drawer? And it turned into a room. All right. You got to, I won't say who has a junk house because that just would be rude. It spreads, right? So let's just start here. We have a hard time throwing away old things. And even some of you say, no, I'm a, I've been around people. No, I'm a pitcher. And then I'm like, okay, I'll help you throw it away. Well, let me just take a look at this again one more time. So, so we're, we, we hold on to old things, and then we have to decide, what do we hold on? Anybody go through this mental consternation? Is it tough? Why is it tough? I, I think, if, if I could suggest something, sure, there's a part of you that wonders about its financial 
you know, longevity, like, ooh, if I throw this away, I might have to buy a new one. So to be honest with you, th this is my major issue, being cheap, or I mean frugal as I am, <laughs> is that I don't, I, I, I don't want to throw it away because I might what? I might need it, I might have to buy it someday. So if I throw it away, I'm going to have to what? Lay out cash. This is what goes through my mind, right? So let me just find a little place for that, just in case. Anybody have this disease? Okay. The bigger disease is, and I think we all have this one, is the emotional attachment, right? Ugh. You know, this was, this was my tooth when I got in that fight in third grade, and I knocked it out, and, you know, whatever it is, we got something. Are you with me? I remember when... Um, I remember when my dad passed away, and um, he, my dad had this pole barn, and over the years, I, 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 I was thinking this morning about how many businesses he started and had, and sometimes going at the same time, and I just kept, I kept adding new ones. I mean, he built wiring harnesses, you know, he was recycling plastics. I remember one day he comes home with this gigantic, gigantic grinder and these monstrous boxes that were taller than me, wider than me, probably like 12 feet by 12 feet, cardboard boxes full of telephone shells, right? And it was my job to climb, literally climb inside the box and with a pair of pliers to wrench out every piece of metal so that they could go in the plastics grinder. My dad was, how many know, he was the guy that was way ahead of his time but made no money. You know those kind of guys? Like, all right. So we had that business going. And I was remembering today, it was like, oh, that's right. We also owned a laundromat. And then we had this little pizza thing. And, and we like, what, what in the world are we doing? So when he died, can you imagine the stuff that we had to go through? And there was, he had a, he had a warehousing business. He had a trucking business. And I didn't know what all this stuff was. But I'm thinking, some of it's probably worth something. And, um, if, and if anyone's ever gone through your loved one's things, you know how emotional this experience can be, right? So I sat there thinking about this, and I was responsible for taking care of it. Um, I had my siblings to think about. So I'm thinking, if I go through every piece of, in this warehouse, it's going to take me 20 years to even know what it is, let alone get it to the right person. Who, does anybody know what I'm talking about? I was so stressed out. And somebody told me, you go to, get, go to a farmer's auction, and these guys will come through, and they'll, they'll rifle through the thing in one day. And um, so that was good and bad, right? It was good because it was going to be over with. It was bad because it was going to be over with. But I decided to do the rip the Band-Aid off approach. And I told my siblings, I said, go in there and get whatever you want. Get whatever is of some emotional value to you. And they did, took out whatever, and then they came through and it was amazing. The whole thing was gone in one day. Um, but deciding what to throw away and what to keep is really, really difficult. Um, you may keep it for an emotional reason. You may keep it for a uh, financial reason. Anybody here wish you had a car you sold a few years back, like when you were 16? 
Oh, man, I looked at some of my dad's old cars. I'm like, oh, you're kidding me. You know, these sweet old convertibles and Ford Fairlane and all these crazy. All right. Remember this? We've been doing this the last few weeks. All right, this is a review. So we're talking about how in, in the Scriptures, there's this, we'll call it an evolution or growth of understanding of God. And how in Leviticus, um, there's some things that are just terribly like God's bloodthirsty and needs these sacrifices. And yet there's some unbelievable inspiration. Like in Leviticus is where it says, love your neighbor as your... And Jesus said that's one of the big two. If you've read Paul in Galatians, Paul said that verse sums up the whole thing. So if, you, if two is too many to carry for you, you can just carry around one. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's it? I don't have to read the whole thing? Well, you can. But if you miss that, you've missed the whole thing. That's what it boils down to. So, the question then becomes, do you, do you guys remember the part like in, in Luke where um, Jesus is like, he's, he's in his hometown and he's reading Scripture and he, he gets the scroll of Isaiah. It's his turn to read. And he gets up to read. And um, this is what he reads. It's from Isaiah 61. He goes, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. To send... Uh, to send me to proclaim freedom for prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he doesn't finish the sentence. It's the vengeance of our God. Why did Jesus leave that out? Because he wanted to leave it out. Because what does vengeance of God put into people's heads? This old, angry guy. So he literally is like a rummage sale. He said, let's keep this and let's what? Jettison that. Now, the, the, see, the problem is if I do this, you think you start throwing things at me or whatever because oh, you're screwing around with the Bible. So I just put it all on Jesus. <laughs> you can do whatever you want to him. But he was brilliant. He was brilliant. He was doing it. was a Jewish technique that they used all the time. And, but, but this is what we have to understand. This is what was going on. This is our story. This is our history. Deep. It's deep. And this has been going on for a long time. There was a book that was written a while back um, about the next generation and why, why the next generation has dropped off from the church. And it's, I think it's called unchristian. And I don't agree with the, 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 the bottom line conclusions, some of them, about how they wanted to go around changing it. But they, but they surveyed, the interesting part was they surveyed, they said, why aren't you, why aren't you? And do you know why? This is what I think. Because I think we've told the next generation, we meaning the, the large church, hopefully not this, this little family, we've told them you have to keep all of it. You have to keep all of it. We've made them hoarders. We've said there's 613 commandments, you've got to keep them all. You've got to keep every single one of them. 
Now, we already know Jesus dropped them off, but for some reason, we went back. We got nervous, and we said, no, you got to keep all of them. And if you're going to be in this Christian family, you got to be a hoarder. you got to have all of it. Now, can I say something? A couple things I need to say. First of all, who is Jesus to just drop off a Bible verse? Well, Jesus. Evidently, that's not a terrible thing. Evidently, that's a wise thing. Evidently, and by the way, I could go one after another. I mean, talk about like Jesus healing on the Sabbath. You remember this? You're going against the Bible verse. Ready? No kidding. Has anybody ever been in line somewhere? Like, uh, you wait in line, wait in line, wait in line, wait in line, and then by the, you know, you're really frustrated, and by the time you get to the window, they go like this. Has this ever happened to you? They're closed. Now, there's no consideration for the fact that you waited. Listen very carefully. That you waited all that time. Uh, don't mind Charlie leaving. It's her nap time. She's not bored with my speech whatsoever. I guarantee you, all right? You waited in line. You waited and waited and waited. But the person behind the counter is like, it's quitting time. i got to go. That's your problem, not what mine. Now, if you're the person behind the counter, you can go, well, I guess. But if you've been waiting in line, how many of you got your blood, your things, how many of you got, need to take a pill right now? <laughs> this has happened to most of us. person's walking through town. You don't get to see Jesus of Nazareth every day of your life. But he happens to come to your town. It's the one day that he's in your town. It's the one day you could get close to him. And oh, sorry, ready? We're closed for the Sabbath. Could you imagine that? But like I'm right here, sir. I mean, you could just, I mean, I mean, I'm hearing like you could just lean over. You could spit almost. You could just touch me. No, sorry, we are what? Close for Sabbath. How many know that's the time you take the Bible verse and you what? You throw it out. Hang in there. I'm still pointing at Jesus, not me. Am I? Am I still in the Jesus realm? Everybody look. He's just like, I don't care. Because I need to what? Heal you. You're here. And so doing what's loving always trumps. Ready? always trumps just doing what's loving it's so actually easy and if we could somehow have the courage to tell this next generation come on in you don't need the whole baggage you don't need all the extra stuff you can just come the way that you i need a volunteer a fun volunteer not a stodgy one okay you look fun you get your coffee all right do you want to bring your coffee or no oh yeah you give it all right, come on up here. Come on up. Come on up here. All right. What's up, my brother? How you doing? Good to see you. All right, clap for our volunteer. Now, now you know this could go really bad, right? You know I've never tried this before. Like when I worked with students, I'd always do things like I did this every week because they don't pay attention to anything unless you're using toilet paper. All right, so how many know the story of Lazarus? You know the story of Lazarus? So, you know, like, 
John chapter 11, and, he, you know, he's, come heal, the sisters, come heal. He goes, no, 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 he, he's going to be fine, he's going to live, and he dies. And then, but after he dies, he says, Lazarus, what? Come forth, if you're a King James, if you're in old school, come forth. Well, that's for old school's sake. Let's say it. One, two, three. Lazarus! All right, get behind that wall over there. Get, get back over there. Get back. Clap for our volunteer. You guys are making this lame, and it shouldn't be lame. It should be very... One, two, three. Lazarus! Hey! Hey! Huh? Now, is that how Lazarus came out? We haven't practiced. Have we practiced? Oh, okay, all right. Is that how Lazarus came out? Like Johnny Carson? Hey. I mean, you could do that. You got a gig. No, no, no. That's not how Lazarus came out. Hang tight. Hold on to this. Uh, huh? Do I read the Bible or what? Or do I read? I mean, I got you guys deep in the Word. Okay, you good? I'm doing good. All right. Am I doing well? Are you guys okay with this? Would you rather have a boring sermon? I, can, I got one. I got one. All right. I was going to say, oh, 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 oh. Why did I get it the thinnest ply known to man? All right. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. That's because it's cheap. Who said that? Okay. All right. Just hold on to that right there. All right. Back to your cave. Back to your burial. Now, I wouldn't have time to do the legs, but you can, you know, ready? One, two, three. Oh! Oh! No, you didn't do it. No, you didn't do it right. No, no, no. You did not do it right. If you come back for second service, we can do it right. <laughs> but we still appreciate your volunteerism at Orchard Grove. Orchard Grove appreciates your volunteerism. Thank you very much. All right, all right. All right. No, that's not how it went. Comes out, and then, what's the, what's the next command? Go and what? Unwrap him. Go and take the grave clothes off of him. They had a thicker ply, evidently. Take the clothes off of him. Take it off of him. This, listen, this is the message for the next generation. Take the religious dead garbage off of them. Don't put it on them. Don't put it on them. Don't put all the old religious stuff on them. Don't. It's the fastest growing, it's the, fa you know, Catholic isn't the fastest growing, Protestant isn't the fastest growing, Baptist, you know what's the fastest growing? They call them nuns. Not nuns, none. When they check the box, it's none. I'm not any of these. Why? Because we've wrapped them in clothes. 
of death. We just have to tell the next generation, you don't have to have any of that stuff. Now, it's hard to let go of old things. It's hard. Rummage sales are hard. Letting go of things that... This is something that has to happen every single generation, by the way, I believe. I think it's, it's a hard thing to do. Um, we're, we're comfortable with those. It's what we're used to. Want to see Charlie's favorite book? Ready? David and Goliath. This is the God's honest truth. This is her favorite book. She's got a little flint in her. You know, she likes a good fight. You know what I mean? <laughs> and we got one. We got one called Baby Jesus. And we have one. You know, but this is, she likes this one. And if she was awake, she could show you, like, this is David, the young boy. And then this is the big, mean, giant Goliath. And what does Goliath say? And she goes, <laughs> I picked her up out of her crib this morning. Picture her up out of her crib. There's a book down there. She couldn't see it, but she assumes it's this one. And I picked her out of her crib, and she goes, ah, she wants the book. Do you know the story? David is the next generation. He's the next generation. But David wants to go fight the giant, and Saul says, okay, you can go fight him. Now, here's what? Here's my armor. Here's how we do this. This is how we do this. And David, you know, all he's ever done, he's just, all he does is watch his sheep. See? That's all he does is just hang on with his sheep. That's all he knows. But Saul goes, but if you're going to fight this guy, you're going to have to have this stuff. And David goes into the king's tent and he gets loaded up and it's just clunky and he's dragging shields and, and he's like, sir... With all due respect, could we lose the armor? And you have to let the next generation let go of it. How many know he introduced a whole new technology? And that stuff became obsolete like this. Why are we having a hard time? I think that's a good question. We're having a hard time for a few reasons. It's stressful. Ready? It's stressful if you're old to adopt things that are new. It's stressful. Just think about who here recently has bought like bought a TV. Like back, like when I bought it, I remember the last time I bought a TV. I went to Best Buy, I paid three hundred and forty-six dollars. Who's counting? Twelve years ago. I remember. It was this big, and it was like, you had to get a back brace. Anybody? $346. So I went this week to buy a TV, $326. And it's this thin, right? I mean, how many know it's a no-brainer? The, the things, the, the, when you're deciding what to throw out and what to keep, 
Throw the old TV out, brothers and sisters. You know, you know how you, you can know? This will save you guys. Anybody looking for a little side advice? The stuff they won't even accept at Salvation Army anymore? Throw it away. They don't accept tube TVs. They don't accept them. You can't donate them. By the way, please don't donate them to Orchard Grove. Thank you, though, for thinking of us. Thank you. And do I sound grateful? Um, but if you take the new TV, it's thinner, it's sleeker, it's faster, it's all these things. But you turn the thing on, the first thing you got to do is put in your email address. And now I need another what? Password, dear God. <laughs> Sitting there scrolling around, and I'm struggling. Why? Is anybody with me? Why? Dear God, do I need another password? My grandma wants new technology. She's jealous every time my aunt goes over there and shows her on her cell phone a picture of Charlie, but she doesn't want to what? She doesn't want to learn how to use a computer and get a... She doesn't want to do that because it's stressful. I'm going to make a point here. I think that's so vital. We have to say something to the next generation. The church, the bigger, honest to God, will be extinct. Change or die. Change or die. You have to let go. One guy called this rummage sale where you just learn to let go of all this stuff that we don't need. And when I grew up in Flint, um, I was touring the basketball court yesterday. I went up there. And I was touring the old basketball, showing Vicky where we used to play basketball outside. And the thing that you did when you went to the basketball court is you got up there and you saw whoever's playing. The first thing you said is, we've got, but you never said we've because that was so proper. We got next. One, two, three. But like you care. One, two, three. So I walk up there with my fellas. And we got next. You got to have swagger too. You got to have swagger. We got next. You got to make them think you're going to beat them even if they crush you. We got next. And you walk up there and you just you pace around and you dribble between your legs. Da, 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 like so they know. Watch out for my crossover when I get up there. And you, we got next. We got next. And you're letting everybody know what? I want the court next. When this game's over, we got next. And then sometimes if there's some other scruffs standing over there, they go, well, these guys got next, and then we got next after that. We got next. So you, you get the order going. We got it. We want the court next. This is the vision. This is the dream for Orchard Grove. All of us come up to the court and say, we got next. We got the next one. We'll take the next generation. We'll throw away the grave clothes. We'll throw away the old armor. We'll throw away these bloodthirsty verses, and we'll hold on to the new. You don't throw away everything old. Did you notice that? Did you remember the verse we started with? Matthew 13, 52. The, the wise, the learned teacher goes into, is like a man who goes into a storehouse and he can bring out something old. He can bring out an iPhone. And what? Great-grandma's 
rocking chair. There's also stuff in our house that was from my great-grandma, passed down through the generations. You can't get a rocking chair like that anymore, huh? Like hand-carved wood, hands on the side, sturdy like a rock. He brings out old and new. What is, what is this all about? It's, it, as the church grows, and this has happened for 2,000 years. Don't think this is a new thing. Since the birth of the church, which would be up here. So it's been happening for thousands of years before that where we say, no, we need to leave that, we need to leave that, we need to leave that. Years ago, there was a little fad, if that's the right word, I don't know what you call it, in the church. It was when I was, worked with students. So it was a number of years ago. And uh, it's, it's since you don't hear about it as much, but it was really popular for a while. And there were these bracelets, and then the bracelets said WWJD. Who remembers this thing? And it, it stood for, what would Jesus do? And it's a really simple idea, but when you think about it, it's absolutely profound. You get into a situation, you can just say to yourself, I wonder what Jesus would do here. I wonder. Now, it requires imagination because you don't always know. Isn't this true? But how many times in my life have I thought to myself, I wonder what my dad would do here. He's not around anymore, but I respected him and I thought about, I wonder what he'd do. I think maybe we should revive that a little bit. What, what would Jesus do? Now, we can't always be definitive, but we can follow his pattern and the way he handled things and the way he handled Scripture and the way he handled other people and the way he handled his own faith, his own religious tradition. And what would Jesus do here? It's stressful to always get new technology. It's stressful. Listen, it's stressful. Some of you, it's stressful coming to this building. God's honest truth. The first time you came here, you were stressed out because it wasn't a church. Put your hand up. Yeah. This isn't, this, oh, God. Honestly, some of you felt like, this isn't a church. I can't go there. I don't know where they, if they make them in heaven and then they just get them transported by helicopters and they come. But some of you, that's what was a stress, coming to a place that didn't have stained glass or Whatever. Stressful. But listen, it's painful for some people if all we ever do is hold on to the old. Painful. It seems like in a lot of churches, this ship has sailed, thankfully. But for a long time, in the very recent past, if you were divorced... You might as well go sit out in the lobby. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You might as well just go have a seat out there. You're not as good as everybody else in here. That wasn't that long ago, brothers and sisters. And you could find plenty of churches where you still might as well go sit in the lobby or really just stay in your car. True? But we got over that Bible verse. Didn't we? Or didn't we? Some of you didn't yet? 
I'm not saying it's ideal. It's not ideal, but what's ideal? Whose life here is ideal? I'd love to meet you. <laughs> Whose life is real? You got a little bumps and some bruises and some mistakes and some scars. And... But the pain of people who felt that way. I, I, I would tell this in almost every welcome class to Orchard Grove. I'm going to tell you this story to close. I started this church for people like my mom. We drove by the house where I lived in Flint last night, just for memory's sake. It was her third marriage, and it was falling apart. You know, we were kids, and you can see it. How much should we judge her when she's 17, pressured to get married, because my dad was supposed to go off into the war, and if he got married... He'd go down the draft list because people were dying like this in Vietnam. Is anybody with me? You don't know someone's circumstances, do you? So under pressure, they get married. She's way too young, way too young to know what's going on. It doesn't even last a few years. Two kids, me and my brother, and it's apart. So already a bad cycle. How many? No, sometimes you're in a bad cycle, you just stay in a bad cycle. Anybody start eating bad, they just eat worse the next week? It's true. So she felt guilt and shame, and then she'd go to these churches and they would just rail on her. And so she just left. She just left. I'm not good enough there. I'm not good enough. She left for decades. I didn't know. By the way, when I'm young, I didn't know any of this. I didn't, she didn't tell me. I didn't, you know. Honestly, I came to church. I was mostly a good experience. I was like, oh, this is great. So I would be like, Mom, come. She's like, no, no, no. And I remember the one Christmas when she was living in Georgia, and I, there was a house, her, her, her house, uh, Marietta, was like two doors down from a church, just some whatever church. I don't know what it was. I didn't care. Like, oh, it's Christmas, let's just go over there to watch her get ready. You know, I could, like, half tears running the mascara that she's trying to make perfect because she's sure everyone's going to judge her at this place. And by the time we got there, it was so stressful to her. I mean, I didn't care. I was just, wear, I, whatever I had, Gene, I don't know, I just wore what I had. That was a place of judgment. It was not a family in her experience. You had to be near perfect to go there. It was so painful for her. And I said, we have to have a church where you can just come the way that you are. Where none of us are perfect and we're all trying to get better. But who's trying to get better? I mean, I'm trying to be more loving. I got a long ways to go. You know what I mean? But it's come as you are. Honest to God, come as you are. 
What would Jesus do? What did he do? He sat and ate with everybody and anybody. And they said, no, no, you shouldn't be with them. No, 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 watch out for them. The next generation needs us, Orchard Grove. They need us bad. They need us to hold on to the things that are essential. And there's some things that we need to hold on to. Man, there's some gold in there. We've got to hold on to it. There's a lot of stuff we don't need to hold on to. We've got to shed the grave clothes and let them go. So we can offer this gift to the next generation. I always said I thought maybe this would be the church for the next generation. Whether it's tearing off the old grave clothes or getting new wine for the new wineskins or whatever it is, it's the understanding that, look, in a wise teacher of the kingdom, It's like a merchant. He has old and new. And the key is like what Kenny Rogers says, right? Knowing what to throw away and knowing what to... You guys don't listen to that song? (laughs) You think Jesus would fit in today? I don't think so. I think we all think He would like sit over there real properly and come up and have a suit and tie on and give this sermon. I think He'd be out raising Cain. Challenging the status quo, upending things, making a few people mad, but touching the untouchable, loving the unloved, healing the broken. I don't know. I wonder what he would do.